What's going on? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Successes Within Reach podcast. This is season three, episode eight Life Insurance Essentials with Corey Bill Sr. Got Mr. Bill joining us once again. He came in last season, brought the heat, and you guys absolutely flooded the inbox <laughs> with questions. Man, you got to have a back. Oh, man, I got a few more questions about this policy, questions about that policy. So, ladies and gentlemen, he is back. Mr. Bill, what's going on, sir? Man, what's going on, brother, man? Hey, appreciate you having me back on season three. You know, you're doing a phenomenal job, Mr. Smith. And there's a lot of I people saying, man, you are twinning on our on the fly. On the fly. They said, that's your brother? <laughs> I say something like that. Something like that. <laughs> oh man that's what's up uh, before we get started once again i want to remind everybody out there you can join in and submit your questions and comments at www.facebook.com slash siwr podcast one more time you can join in the conversation and submit your questions and or comments at www.facebook.com slash siwr podcast uh, First things first, for those that may be uh, new to the podcast, let them know who you are and where you're coming from and a little bit about yourself. Man, Corey Bill Sr. here, born and raised south side of Chicago. Now I currently reside in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been in the banking and insurance industry since 2006, if you count my uh, two and a half years, been an assistant store manager with Wells Fargo Financial and then being a licensed banker with Fifth Third Bank of SunTrust. Um, I'm very passionate about this industry because I know what it could do in regards to creating intergenerational wealth for us. I'm a serial entrepreneur, you know, global real estate investor. I have a trucking company, a speaking company. Um, I just started a business funding company as well. I could damn near get anybody um, any startups funding, man. So, you know, uh, I'm like the wealth concierge, man. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, like I said, every guest that we have here is doing something big. They're doing something that, you know, is making an impact on this world. And our job is to give you the information and regardless of what the topic for the show is to help you create the blueprint to your success. So last time he was here, he dropped, you know, a ton, a ton, a ton of gems, uh, letting us know about the life insurance um, game, you know, how to get in that as a career, different certifications you may need, different policies. And a lot of you all uh, were asking questions about the policies because you never heard it explained before, like he like he broke it down. So uh, to start out, can you explain one more time the different types of policies for the audience? Well, there's really... Um four types of insurance policies. You have term insurance, 
um, which is a contract with you and the insurance company. Basically, like I said, a president serve um, one term until he gets re-voted, um, I mean, re-elected, then it's two terms. And each term is four years. So that's a total of eight years. So when you buy insurance from a term standpoint, you either get it 10, 15, 20, 25, or 30 years. So you're basically asking the insurance company to protect you for those amount of years for a small premium that you're going to pay. And once the term is over, you and the insurance company shake hands and um, you go your way, they go their way. But if you were to pass away during the term policy, then the insurance company will pay your beneficiary um, your face amount. So that's a term policy. You have a cash value policy. That's your policy that if you um, you can have that policy for your entire life. So you and it builds cash, right? And it builds cash faster than your savings account. Typically, your cash value policies will earn anywhere between four to five percent, six percent, you know, at its highest, while your bank is giving you point, 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 three percent. So, people, if you leverage it right, they create their own banks by using cash value insurance policies. And it comes, um, and the money, if you, if it's structured right, and the word I'm going to use is structure right. If it's structure right, you get to take advantages of the IRS tax loopholes to where the money that you pull from it will be free. You can never be taxed. It's called tax-free retirement. Um, so you have a whole life policy. Then you have the universal index, universal life policy. That is the policy that what the insurance company typically invest your money against the S&P 500. So not only uh, that policy in the past 30 years has been averaging about 9%, but the great thing about that policy is that if you were to pass away, the beneficiary not only get the cash value inside of that policy, but they also get the face amount. The fourth policy uh, that people don't talk about, um, I mean, the third policy is the um, accidental death policy. The accidental death policy is uh, nine times out of 10 is a 100% guaranteed life insurance contract that will pay out on an accident. And what many people don't know in about 20 to 25 states, homicide, murder, that's considered an accident. So y'all want to kind of stop some crime a little bit? Just start getting some of these accidental policies and these insurance companies paying out. These lobbyists will will do something to uh, create oh, enforce man. better laws. But hey, you ain't hear that for me. The fourth policy is what's called a VUL. It's a variable universal life product, and you got to have your series license, your six sixty three or sixty five to sell that particular policy because that policy, all uh, that policy is nothing but stock market. You know, you will gain on that policy um, up to 15, 20, 30% in some cases if it's structured properly. Um, and But most people are afraid of that policy because of what happened in the 80s when they were selling that policy like crazy and it was, it was treated like it was a retirement policy when it was something that should supplement your retirement. So those are four types of life insurance policy term, cash value, universal life, and accidental death. Nice, nice. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you got your notebooks out. 
All right, let's jump into these questions that the people submitted after the last time you were here. First one says, um, is it possible for a convicted felon to get a life insurance policy? I've heard some people say yes, and I've heard some people say no, but I'm trying to take care of my family. This gentleman wants to know, is it possible for him to get life insurance policies on his family? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, especially uh, family members that he has an insurable interest in. Like, is he taking care of a mother? Is he taking care of a sister? Is he taking care of a brother? You know, um, that's one of the uh, uh, ways where you could get get insurance on them. You just let them know that you're going to take insurance out on them. You know, and they ain't going to have to give you the information, you know, their social security number, um, you know, they height, weight, date of birth, you know, whatever health issues. But yes, you could be the owner of the policy and you could be the payer of the policy. Okay. All right. And in finding a, a policy for your family, um, what is what are the things that you're looking for? Are you just looking for the coverage or are you looking for it based on their medical history? Um, both. Medical history matters, you know, because you want to make sure you put them with the right insurance company that uh, will cover if someone in your family member has some um, some ailments. Like I had a friend who had sickle cell and there was only a few insurance carriers that will cover her and give her living benefits. I know something we're going to touch on later in the conversation. Um, so you need to know that so you can place them with the right with you can place them with the right insurance company. Um, and it is some people that is deemed uninsurable, but you can get coverage if um, you're dealing with the right insurance broker. You can get coverage. Um, anybody can get covered, you know. But that shit, you know, it can get expensive. Because if you ask the insurance company to assume the risk, knowing that you just had stage three cancer and maybe in a remission in three minutes, you know, in, 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 in you know, in two years, the insurance company, yeah, they may want to um, cover that person, but you're gonna pay a premium for that because they know the highly likelihood of you cancer catching cancer again. You know what I'm saying? Nobody want to buy a house that's burning. And that's essentially how your body is. If you have all these ailments and all these diseases, uh, uh, you're like a burning house. And so some insurance companies are going to take the risk, but you're going to pay a tax on that to be in a higher premium. Or some insurance companies is going to flat out deny you. Mm. Man. All right. The next one, uh, this young lady says she has a brother that lives a pretty reckless lifestyle. And she has in parentheses, um, alcohol and drugs. Um, and she says she knows when the time comes, she'll be the one that has to bear taking care of his arrangements. Uh, she said, what specific information does she need to get a policy on him? And is the fact that he's been in and out of rehab something that's gonna get the policy disqualified? Once again, it depends on what insurance carrier that you put them with. It is insurance carriers that will assume that risk, mm-hmm. right? She may have to pay more, mm-hmm. right? That's gonna be the number one thing because they're gonna look at his history. And see, in the insurance company, they pull up your MIB and your MIB basically is your, it's like the, it's like your, um, it's like, it's like the credit bureau for your health. 
It knows okay. every time you went back and forth to the doctor, to the hospital, to urgent care, um, um, what type of prescriptions you have, you know, if you were diagnosed with something, it's going to be on your MIB report. And so it just depends on which insurance company that she's dealing with. Um, that's why it's important to deal with an insurance broker because nine times out of 10, we are um, contracted with, with over at least 25 to 30 insurance carriers that could possibly find that right carrier for you, for your brother. But they're going to let you know this is what you're going to have to pay, right? So, um, but yes, alcoholism does play a role because you're a risk. At the end of the day, you're a risk. You know, as unfortunate that is. And so if you're an alcoholic, damn, do you drink and drive? Are you a raging alcoholic? Do you become violent when you're alcoholic? Are you in, are you in places where um, 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 well, other alcoholics may reside? Like, are you going to the bar, the club? Are you reckless? Like, these are things that life and your lifestyle, these are things that life insurance companies take into an account. Because you got to understand, they don't want to just give your ass $100,000 and you out here wilding. Mm -hmm. That ain't what life insurance is for. Well, that's not what it's intended for. Life insurance, number one um, um, goal, responsibility, is to protect your most important asset. And Shannon, your most important asset is your ability to earn income, not to take care of somebody else's wild-ass behavior. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she knows that and she's aware of that, you know, kudos to her because she don't want to do a GoFundMe, right? That shit kind of embarrassing when you can get insurance for less than a dollar, um, you know, less than a can of Coke a day, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you're healthy and whatnot. So, yeah, she, um, she definitely should get some insurance on them. Make sure she don't lapse on her coverage. Uh, and she pay because, you know, most, most, most alcoholics tend to live... You know, um, like I said, wildlife styles or they get cirrhosis of the liver and their body start breaking down. Right? Mm -hmm. And now they're health risk. Man. See, that is why I love the way this brother breaks the game down. You get a more in-depth look at what the companies or, or how the companies rather mitigate, you know, the risk and taking you on as a client. You know, a lot of times people try to apply for different policies, you get a rejection letter. You may not get somebody that breaks it down like he just did. They'll just say, you know, you don't qualify based on uh, we ran some computer program and then you're done. <laughs> you know, right? Or so you, really, you don't get no one like me because if one insurance company turn you down, I'm gonna go try to find you another one until you mm -hmm. get covered. Yeah. So you know, ladies and gentlemen, definitely, definitely, um, you know, find an insurance broker after the show. Uh, reach out to this brother here. He'll point you in the right direction, help you out. Um, when I tell you, he cares about people. He cares about taking care of people. Core will get you straight. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right. Uh, the next one says, is it better to leave your life insurance policy to your kids in a will or in a living trust? Um, both are great. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know why I'm drawing blanks, but both are great situations to leave your kids, you know, whether it's in a will or a living trust. Uh, but it depends on the age of the kids, right? 
Okay. That's important. But with a will, you could give directions on how you want your funds to be um, dispensed, right? So say, for instance, um, you're an eight-year-old. I'm knocking on wood. One, one, nothing, nothing to happen. You left your eight-year-old $100,000. Well, you know damn well um, the caregiver going to run through that 100000 right? Mm-hmm. But if you have a living trust and the money goes to the trust and you say, hey, look, um, I need to make sure my daughter, she loves cheerleaders. She goes to the best cheerleader um, camps. Uh, this is the college I wanted to go to. This is the high school I wanted to go to at 16 years old. This is the car I wanted to have. And she could buy it. Um, that's how you can use those the, those funds for the life insurance. You, and then you can say, hey, when my daughter turned 18 years old, I want to make sure she gets $550 a month for the next 40 years. Mm-hmm. You can specify like that. You can break it down in that matter. So that's why both of them are some great choices. You know what I'm saying? Leave a, put, you put it into a leave a trust and a trustee. It's their job to um, ensure that your child get the, the, the care that she get without a problem based on a monthly stipend per se. Mm-hmm. And everything can be documented. You can leave that in the will the same way. No, I don't want my eight-year-old daughter to get $100,000 uh, because our father may run through it or my grandmother may run through it. This is what I want this $100,000 to do. I want that. I want, I want, I want, um, I want her, I want my daughter or the caregiver to sit down with my financial advisor, my financial consultant, and I want them to put a plan together. And this is the plan that me and my financial consultant set up. So when my daughter turned 18 years old, she can control her, uh, uh, she can control the money. And when she turned 21 years old, she can control the money. Mm. And, and for those that need a, a more practical example of that, that's uh, exactly what Ghost did to Tariq <laughs> with the money that he left him on uh, that last episode of Power. All right, we have that come was, to that, our that first. Was, that, that was a good analogy. That was that was on point exactly. <laughs> yeah, because like he that. was like, you got to be a certain age. He got to go to college. He got to get this certain GPA before he can touch the money. So yeah, I'm tracking with you. I'm tracking with you. <laughs> yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to our first break once again. This is the Successes Within Reach podcast, season three, episode eight, Life Insurance Essentials with Mr. Cora Bell Senior. We'll be right back after this quick break from the CEO within you. Welcome back. Welcome back. Once again, I want to remind everybody you can join in the conversation and submit any questions or comments at www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. 
All right. So I want to ask you, uh, what is it that you enjoy the most about being a life insurance broker? Getting people who didn't think they could get covered covered. Mm. I think that that's my joy. You know, um, I had a lady last week. Um, and she was just hooping and hollering over the telephone because she kept getting denied and she went like four years without life insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, she had cancer like five years ago, like five, six years ago. And as you get older, you want to get what's called day one coverage, right? So day one coverage, Shannon, means that if you were to get insurance and you make your first premium payment and you die, the very next day it issues, your beneficiary gets all the money. Versus you don't want to get what's called, um, I've been drawing blanks all day. You don't want to get called, uh, not standard coverage, it's called um, graded coverage. So you don't want to get a graded two-year coverage or a graded three-year coverage. So what that, what that entails that if you get a graded two-year coverage, if you don't die from an accident, the beneficiary is not going to get the entire face amount. So your face amount could be twenty thousand. The beneficiary, the only way the beneficiary will get to twenty thousand is if you were to pass away from an accident. But if you have graded coverage and you pass away within the first two years, the only thing your beneficiary get back is the premiums that you paid every month plus an additional ten percent. So you have a lot of people in their late, you know, um, 50s, 60s, and 70s that have had some health issues. They get denied day one coverage. So she was beyond ecstatic that I was able to get her day one coverage because her policy, because of her age, her policy was, uh, she was paying $84. If she, and she got a $20,000 policy because she just wanted enough to bury her and give some of the money to her kids. Mature her grandkids, but if she would have got graded coverage, that policy would have cut in half to ten thousand, and she would have had to pay one hundred and seventy-five dollars a month. Oh wow! So you see the difference. So being yeah. able to do that, um, I had a friend. Um, I wound up getting contracted with uh, with an insurance company that is diabetic friendly, and they offer living benefits. And if you don't remember what I told you about living benefits. You know, if you have a heart attack, stroke, cancer, any type of critical or chronic illness, you could take money from a term insurance policy and never pay it back. Well, the fact that you are diabetic, you already got an illness, right? Mm -hmm. Type one at that. You already got an illness, and everybody know what what what, what diabetes leads to. It leads to strokes. It leads to heart attacks, heart disease. It leads to blindness. Those I consider critical chronic illnesses. So the mere fact that I got her accepted with a term insurance policy with living benefits, and if something were to happen to her, she could take money from this policy and never pay it back. Mm. You know, that's a blessing. Most diabetes, most diabetics get denied for that, that type of coverage. Mm -hmm. So um, those those are, are why I, I, um, I love... Um, doing what I do. And my son, who's sitting here with me, he's 20 years old with a half a million dollar insurance policy and he's only paying what, $24, $25 a month. Mm -hmm. And um, it's from age, you know, 19, he got it at 19. So from 19 to 49, 
you know, on paper, he's worth a half a million. If he were to pass away, the beneficiary get a half a million, and it's twenty three bucks. He's only paying twenty three dollars for that. You know what I'm saying? So those are the things that make me, you know, um, um, smile. And then the mere fact that what I'm going to do for a client tomorrow, I'm about to teach her how she can, um, how she can start her own bank with her cash value insurance policy. She's going to give me $70,000 to front load the cash value. And then once we get everything set up in the next 60 days, she can take a $70,000 loan out on her policy while her money is still growing. Mm. And so she still will be making monthly payments, but we don't call them monthly payments no more because this is your own bank. We call them monthly deposits. Okay. So that since she'll be making a monthly deposits into her own bank, that seventy thousand dollars still will be growing on top of the money that she's putting in at an interest rate of six percent. So all it's doing is just increasing the cash value. So should she ever need to buy, need to get another loan, she can get another loan. Now she's going to use this loan to buy a piece of land. And that's the power of life insurance. The mere fact that she's going to take $70,000, put it in a cash value policy, to turn around within the next 60 days, take a loan out on her policy for $70,000 while the money is still growing. She could pay her $70,000 back two ways. She could stretch it out over 30 years if she wants. Mm -hmm. Or if she were to pass away, the insurance company would just take the seven would take the remaining balance from her death benefit. And the beneficiary would still keep the cash um, that's accrued on the inside of it. Man, oh man, I told y'all get your notebooks. <laughs> I told y'all to bring your notebooks, man. Nobody breaks down this life insurance game like Mr. Bill. I'm trying it's to really tell simple when you think about it because while you want to put your money in a bank, that's all the bank does is just reinvest your money. They turn around mm -hmm. to give you point 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 three percent on the damn savings account just to turn around to get you a 10%, 12%, 13% interest on your credit card just to turn around and give you a 5% interest on your house, but yet they're giving you 0.3. Or if you put it in a weak-ass CD, you know, in four, five years, they're going to give you 1%, 1 to 1.5%, but they will penalize your ass if you pour your money out. You know what I'm mm. saying? Um, as a penalty, or they're going to run your credit. You know, you don't even get your credit ran when you create your own bank through life insurance. They don't even run your credit because you have the collateral. That's major for a lot of people, man. And I'm I'm glad we we transitioned into this because you know after you broke this down last time, this is what the the great majority of the questions that I got was about these cash uh, value policies. So uh, one of the questions that I got is, what is the minimum amount uh, to start one? You talking about um to, to create your bank? Yeah, like uh does a person need to start with ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand? I'm gonna say this the more the merrier. 
you could definitely okay. start it. You can start it off with five thousand. You can front load it with five thousand. You know what I'm saying? But you gotta have the patience, knowing that if you're gonna put five thousand in there and you're making your monthly deposits, because they won't be payments no more. We gonna call them deposits because you're your own bank now. You gotta make sure you're making your monthly deposits every month, so your cash value could grow, so you could possibly say, you know what, my sixteen year old, you know, always wanted a car. I always wanted to give my my sixteen year old a car. And instead of me going to the bank because my credit score was a 580 and they're going to turn me down, let me go ahead and just borrow $7,000 from this account. You know what I'm saying? And you wind up borrowing the $7,000 from that account uh, from your from your life insurance account where your money is still growing and you're going to pay it back at a 5 or 6% interest rate. And you can spread it out over the next 10, 15 years. So your money's still growing. Your kid gets a car. And you're still making monthly deposits into your own bank so your cash value can, can consistently accrue. Because then you never know, five, seven years from now, you may need a down payment for a house. Mm -hmm. Or you may, you may want to start your Turo business. You may need money to start your Airbnb business. You may want to start your own tax company, but you don't got, you know, um, 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 and you want to be able to have, have access to that capital right then and there. That's the importance of ownership of creating your own bank. Stop doing, stop letting the banks do what you can do for your damn self. Facts. Damn. So um, another question that I have says, um, if you take out a large amount from your cash value policy and they put in quotation marks, life happens and you can't pay it back anytime soon or you can't pay it back at all? Are there any penalties for that? Well, I mean, your policy will lapse, you know, and then nine times out of 10, the insurance company may send you to collection. Mm. But hell okay. of life happens, she found chapter seven. Get rid of it. I mean, it's always <laughs> ways around it. You gotta know this game. You know, you don't have to have a woe is me type of attitude. Get your Trump on, bankrupt that bitch, and then just get a fresh start and get right back on it. It's really simple. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's see. The next one I have here, a young lady says, if I take out a policy on my children, do I have to turn it over to them once they turn 18 or 21? Um, I think that'd be the right thing to do, but as a parent, you can always be the owner of the policy. But if they turn 21 years old, you're going to want them to be able to make their own decision as it pertains to their policy, because you're going to be getting older. So you want to be able to, to transition the role to them and let them be the owner of the policy if you still want to be a payer. Now, you still could be a payer. Or you could just give them the policy and let them be 21 years old and just hope like hell you planted the right seeds in your children's head on how powerful this particular policy is. Mm. All right. Because um, think so about it. If you pass away and you're the mm. owner, well, you'd have been a bit of, you'd have, you'd have been a fish, but oh, you get dementia or something or you don't have Alzheimer's. But you don't have no will in place. You don't have no living will in place. Um, no one will be able to make changes to your account. Mm -hmm. 
So that's why it'd be important to transition um, over the ownership to your kid. I say 21, not 18. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, the next question says, Is there are there any particular conditions where um, a person can't get insured and you just need to get a final expense policy on them? Um, you know, if you are felon, you know, some insurance companies, seven to 10 years. Uh, if you have multiple cirrhosis, most insurance companies do not touch people with multiple cirrhosis. Mm. Um, if you have one of those, uh, if you had an aneurysm, most insurance companies not going to touch you. Because typically when you have one aneurysm, another one is right around the corner. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people don't know that. And most people don't know that uh, most of these natural causes of death are due to aneurysms. Uh, they don't want the public to know that. Though. My, my homeboy, that's a doctor, told me that. Most natural causes of death is due to aneurysms when people dying in their sleep. Mm. Yeah. Man. Uh, so, with the, so with the final expense... Uh, policy that that only covers the funeral, correct? It, well, you know, you can. It it depends on how you use the final expense policy because most final expense final expense policies, you know, comes at four percent. You can treat it as a savings account. You know, you're gonna get four percent average on it. But yeah, final expenses is designed to take care of the 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 personal final expenses, whether it's the mortgage, whether it's the car note. So it don't go on to the family and you can pay toward the funeral. That's really what it's designed to do. Whatever the final expenses are, so you are not left with the burden. Mm. Gotcha. Well, hell, if you young like me, I got I wound up getting a fifty thousand dollar final expense policy through Transamerica when I was thirty six years old. And um I think I was paying what thirty eight dollars a month on it. And it's $50,000. It's $38,000. So when my term insurance will live in benefits, um, you know, uh, term ends and my IUL, then I'm paying, you know, a little bit over $600 a month in. It goes to my children. You know, at least they, get, they don't have to touch nothing I got set up in regards of my retirement. They could just use my final expense policy and pay, you know, uh, pay for my funeral. And I got it young. I mean, you could get a final expense policy. Yeah, you could get your goddamn it, um, fourteen-month-old um, kid a final expense policy, and that should be ten dollars for the rest of their life. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, oh, I got it, it's. It's interesting you said that. Like a lot of people don't even like thinking about getting policies like that for for babies. But I mean, it is what it is. It's life, you know. You, you it's life. Of your kids, you know, you're not getting. I mean, most people, for some odd reason, people think you're getting rich off your kid. You're not getting rich off your kid. You're protecting your kid. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? At the end of the day, life happens, and and, and people, you don't want to go and go fund me when you can pay ten dollars a month. And then mm -hmm. you know, and if you feel like you're getting rich on your kid, take the proceeds and start a scholarship. In your kid, in your kid's name, you know, you as many ways you can honor your child if something were to happen to them while they're young, and you don't want none of that money. That may be that may be like blood money to you. 
I don't want none of that money if my kid passed away. You know what I'm saying? Turn it into a scholarship, donate it to a charity, but just have enough to pay for the funeral because yeah. most people don't have that. You know, we just got to have an open mind when it comes to that. Let's not be so closed-minded and think that I'm getting rich off my kid. Well, like I said, you could do a multitude of things with that with, with the money because the reality of the matter is, and I, and I hate to sound morbid, Shit happen to children. Yeah, unfortunately, it does. Some of the worst things happen to kids, and that ain't cool because we got some sick ass human beings out here, or we got some drunk drivers out here, or we got kids that text and drive and and do TikTok videos, ain't paying attention. You're like, you follow what I'm saying? Man, did you hear about yeah. the kid who got the who, a three year old kid who was playing with the gun in the car and killed her mother and wound up killing his mother on accident? What if that kid mm-hmm. would have turned that gun on him? Mm-hmm. Shit happens. So we got to stop acting like shit don't happen. It happens. Mm-hmm. We got to be prepared for it, though. And that's just a scenario. Yeah, I know most people don't don't want to be prepared for it, but it's imperative that we be prepared for that type of opportunity. Situation, not opportunity. Ugh, situation. I ain't mean to use the word opportunity. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> All right, this this next one is is kind of a sticky situation. Uh the lady says she wants to leave her life insurance policies to her kids because she thinks that her husband would be um reckless with the money and not continue taking care of the family because he he's never been good with money. Um is that an issue in the event that she passes being that he's the spouse? No, it's not an issue. She know her husband. <laughs> so you tell her to get a living will. You tell her to set it up in the trust. And make someone okay. who she trusts the trustee. Mm-hmm. Specified in the will. That this is what you want done for your children. And if you violate the will, criminal charges will be, you know, will proceed. I mean, you still have power. You gotta know how to exercise your power. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just necessarily give it over to the husband because he's the beneficiary. You already said, hey, he may be reckless with the money. He may not take care of the kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, who know better than 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 her? I mean, shit. It's time she probably went to Walmart and never brought the kids home. Shit. But it was time that she probably went to Walmart and forgot what she had to get to buy the kids something. So she knows, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just saying. So she knows the type of man she's dealing with. So she can, can protect herself and ensure that her children get the money. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so this next one is um, asking about something that you spoke about last time you were here, um, about converting policies over. Uh, this person says, would you be able to convert my life insurance policy that I have through my job into a more beneficial policy uh, that you mentioned, or does it solely belong to the employer while I'm working here? It belongs to the employer while you're working there. But what we could do is we could just set you up a policy, you know, um, on your own. I believe that everyone should have a policy off work for that exact reason. So you control the narrative, you know, uh, um, not the narrative, that is not the word I want to use. You get to control the insurance policy the way you see fit. 
so you don't have to worry about the job interfering with it. And most jobs only got group coverage anyway. They only got term insurance anyway. They don't got term insurance with living benefits. You know what I'm saying? They don't got cash value whole life. You know, they may have group value whole life. You know, some companies may offer that, but not to where she can control it and she can uh, transfer it in her name. Now, if she were to get fired from the job, um, she get what's called COBRA. And what happened is the insurance company will allow her to take over her policy, but nine times out of 10, they're going to want her to do a physical. And it's going to be way more than what she would pay for um, if she gets fired versus her getting it on her own and doing it her way. Because you got to think about it. If she gets the insurance policy um, on her own while she's working and she gets what's called a waiver of premium rider and that job let her go or she gets fired and she can no longer make the insurance payment, as long as she has that waiver of premium on her insurance policy, the insurance company would make sure that her premium, her policy stay in force until she get another job and call the insurance company and say, hey, I'm ready to take over my payment. Mm. Man, that's, that's super insightful. I think a, a lot of people just you know, take it at face value. Oh, my job gave me an insurance policy. I'm good to go. I don't need another one. Not realizing that it, it belongs to the employer. You know, like you said, it's, it's group life. That's not the same as having your own policy. I mean, just think about it. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, it's a, you know, it's a shitty term insurance policy. Um, just to think of it like this. It's a shitty, it's a, just because you're paying pennies on a dollar. Yeah, it's cheap, right? That's the benefit. It's cheap. But think about it. The average person only don't even have $400 in their savings account. So what if you had a stroke? What if you had a heart attack? What if you get cancer? And you miss work? Bills don't get sick. At all. Right? So what if you have the term insurance policy that comes with living benefits? that you can take money from this particular policy that could continue to pay your expenses while you're recovering. That's why you want to own your own shit. Mm-hmm. Ain't no job doing that unless you get a short-term disability or long-term disability. And short-term disability and long-term disability ain't nothing but 60% of your damn paycheck. So who going to cover the other 40 yeah, that's facts. And I mean, even with that, most most employers have a, a cap on how long you can be on short term and long term before they just terminate you all together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. All right. So this next question says, what is the difference in the policies that are offered by a network marketing insurance company um, like Primerica versus the ones that you can offer or that you can get through an insurance broker like yourself? Um, <laughs> I try not to disparage companies like Primerica, but, you know, I'm not going to call their product trash. All I'm going to say is they have either the first, second, or third highest term insurance policy in the country. I mean, in, in not the country, in the insurance industry. So I always take, I always convert Primerica clients to my insurance. 
You know, it's kind of funny. They always say by term and if that's the difference, but yet your ass sell the highest term in the industry. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, oh, and that's wow. facts. You can look that up. So if 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 I want to buy a term and invest the difference, say for instance, shining, and I've seen this and I've done it all the time. Um, you may have a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar policy with because uh, they got conservative, no, they got liberal underwriting, so they can get people who, who probably don't get insured insurance, right? So say for instance that um, you got a two hundred. I just give you an example. I got I had a person at a two hundred thirty seven years old had a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar insurance policy with Primerica. I think they was paying like sixty eight some dollars a month. I was able to get them the same two hundred and fifty thousand dollar life insurance policy with living benefits, and they wind up paying forty two dollars a month. Which one do you want? Which one do you want? definitely the one that you got, <laughs> right? You know, but yeah. So you know, so if you want to buy a term and invest the difference, how about we find you a comparable term with better, you know what I'm saying, uh, with a better term insurance policy, and you can use that other money to invest the difference. Secondly, uh, Primerica, most Primerica agents, they're not going to tell you this, but I see it all the time. They have what's called a rising term. It's not a level term. So meaning a level mm -hmm. term is kind of, if I give you a $300,000 policy and I say your policy is $40 a month, then I mean for the next 40 damn years, 30 years, your policy is going to be $40 a month. Most people that get Primerica policies have was they have a rising term. So you'll look up one year you had three hundred thousand paying forty dollars. Year two you had three hundred thousand paying forty dollars. Year three you got a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar policy that you didn't ask for. You didn't ask for the increase because they didn't read you the whole contract and you went from paying forty dollars to forty eight dollars. You don't say nothing because it's another eight dollars. But then seven years come by, and you look up, you're paying five hundred thousand. You know what I mean? Your your contract, I mean, it's five hundred thousand, and now you're paying sixty-four dollars, and you saying, "Whoa, wait a minute, hold on, I could, you know, why my price going up?" And they're gonna come back and say, "Well, since your coverage is going higher, although you didn't ask for it, you know, the cost of insurance get higher." And what tends to happen is by year seven, you got this high-ass face amount. And instead of you paying $40 a month, now you double what you pay. Now you pissed off and you cancel it. Mm -hmm. And most people don't know 97, 97% of people outlive their term insurance. For that reason right there, the rising cost of term. Mm -hmm. So now you got this company that they got seven years of your money going around doing that shit to the same people. Hey. So I would never deal with anybody. I mean, think about it. Most of us don't like to go to a fast food restaurant. They only got one damn option. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So you want to sit down with an insurance broker that can, that, can, that can offer you a buffet of different insurance policies. I don't care about I get free ADC or I get a discount or rocket mortgage. Fuck all that. I didn't, that ain't why I want insurance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I get those perks on my own. I want to be able to get the best life insurance policy that's going to protect me should XYZ happen. That's going to protect my health should XYZ happen at an affordable cost. Mm -hmm. Man, oh man, why don't they teach this in school? 
<laughs> so we would be so much better prepared as adults if they were breaking this down, say, junior, senior year high school. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and this is one of the main reasons, right, because we've been sold on this bullshit called emotional pimping. You know, we've been sold that you got to buy for people you know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. Right? So you hear me curse, regardless of how cool I am. I hear people, well, you curse too much. It's not about me cursing. It's, does this fucking product work for you? That's what matters. <laughs> am I selling you the best product that benefits you? That's the only thing that matters. But we're sold on you got to know, like, and trust people. And those and so those type of salesmen, they always smiling. They quoting scriptures. They patting you on your back. They preaching to you. You know what I'm saying? They got you all feeling all good and shit. You think you got a friend, and they just snake your ass. Versus someone like me that's going to keep it a band with you. Mm-hmm. That's going to say, no, that's a dumbass policy. I went by that shit. You know, that's going to keep it a hundred, but you know, Corey Kerr, so that we ain't going to deal with him. <laughs> that's why they don't teach you. Because they don't want real individuals like me coming in, breaking, you know, breaking up the, the, the money train. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, I, I know for, for me and mine, I'd rather deal with somebody that's going to be up front with me all day, every day, because I do not like surprises when it comes to my money. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I do not like surprises with my money. All right. Before we get out of here, man, let the people know uh, where they can find you on social media, uh, your website and any other information for them to get in contact with you, because I, I know it's people that need to reach out to you to get these policies straight. They could go to my Facebook page, Corey, the insurance guy. They can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Corey Bill Sr. They can follow me on Instagram, I am Corey Bill Sr. They could DM me on Facebook. I have a public Facebook page, so you could just comment on some shit when you want. <laughs> Nothing to hide at Corey Bill Sr. They can text my business line, uh, 615-818-5345. They can email me at Corey, C-O-R-Y-F-R at C-O-R-Y-I-N. S-U-R-E-S dot com. And the reality of the matter is, you know, I've been fighting against websites and landing pages. I actually just hired a social media manager starting next month. And I actually just hired someone to build my website. I got the domain name. I'm going to go ahead and do that shit because that's what the people want. You know, I really hate that. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know. We talked about it last time. At all. That shit don't validate me. I'm a real person that you can reach out to and you can talk to. But that's a part of the game that I got to play. And I'm fi- I finally caved in and said, fuck it. So I will make sure that as soon as it's up, I will give you my website information so you can give it to your audience. So the next time when I come on season four, I will be ready for all that shit. No doubt. Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> And I'm laughing because we talked about it last time. You've been fighting this website for a minute. I know, man. I know, I know, I know. 
Oh man, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You got his email, his Facebook, his phone number, his Instagram. There is no excuse for you to be out here Nada. with a BS Nada. insurance policy. Nada. Like it's, it's absolutely no excuse at this. And now point. I'm I'm licensed in 20 states, and by the end of April, I'll be licensed in 30. Man, that's what I'm talking about. We working out here. Yes, sir. And oh man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the part of the show where I leave you with this week's mind shift moment. Uh, this is another clip from uh, Will Smith that I saw. It was pretty dope um, about the company that you keep. So check it out. Yeah, I just saw this uh, roomy quote that I love. Set your life on fire and seek those who fan your flames. The Philly translation of that is don't be hanging with no jank ass jokers that don't help you shine. The prerequisite for spending time with any person is that they nourish and inspire you. They feed your flame. Look at your last five text messages. Are those people feeding your flames or dousing your fire? Put your phone down for just a second and look around. Look to the people around you. Are those people throwing logs on your fire or are they pissing on it? The people that you spend time with are going to make or break your dreams. Everybody don't deserve to be around you. You got to defend your light with your life. So who are the people in your life that are fanning your flames? Shout them out. Tag them below. That's him. And that is this week's mind shift moment. Exactly. Oh, man. What a show. What a show. Once again, I'm your host, Shannon Smith. Um, you can catch me on Instagram at the underscore CEO underscore within, or you can catch uh, my consulting firm online at www.theceowithinyou.com. And what I do is I provide entrepreneurs and businesses alike with innovative solutions, focusing on leadership, efficiency, growth, branding, marketing, and web presence. I want to thank Mr. Corabel Senior once again for coming through and lighting the stage on fire. Y'all make sure that you reach out at one of those outlets that he just dropped for you. Um, for those that are streaming this, whether you're on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, make sure you drop those stars on there and drop some comments and let Mr. Bill know how you enjoyed this episode and reach out to him. And once again, this has been the Successes Within Reach podcast, season three, episode eight, Life Insurance Essentials with Corey Bill Sr. With that, I remind you, you were not designed to be good. You were designed to be great. And we will catch you next week. Later. Thank you.